0: Welcome to Seeding Change, the conservation podcast. Thank you so much for joining us all for today's episode. Seeding Change is an environmental podcast talking all about the natural world and our own personal experiences working within nature conservation. My name is Meg Richards.
1: And I'm Morgan Pedersen. And we are so, so, so grateful to be back here today recording podcast number three, And we just want to thank everyone so much for all of their feedback and support and all of the messages we've been receiving from everyone that has listened to the podcast so far. And yeah, there's just been a lot of excitement around putting the podcast out into the world and sharing with all of our family and friends and community. And we've had a really beautiful response. So just want to acknowledge that and say thank you. And I guess welcome in the topic for today's episode, which is trees. We want to talk about trees and our love for trees and why trees are so important and how they are such a simple, natural solution to the climate crisis.
0: Yes. So today we're focusing on trees and we hear a lot about the climate crisis and Especially this year, there's been a lot in the news about big fires, forest fires and uh, rainforest burning. But there's not been too much information on why it's such a terrible thing and how trees play such a vital role in the world. We're so, so dependent on forests and on trees and yet we're just allowing them to be destroyed. And I think there's a real big undervaluing of trees i don't think we quite realize how important they are and how incredible they are and like morgan just mentioned planting trees may just be the most cost effective and efficient way to fight climate change so wow i mean (laughs) come on let's let's give it up for the trees we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot today about why they're so important and why this might be the case why why trees do play a vital role in fighting climate change and how it's important for for all of us.
1: Yes, absolutely. I actually wanted to read a little line from a poem that I stumbled across this week, and I thought it just perfectly summed up the topic we're discussing. And it's by a, a poet named Khalil Gibran, and this was actually written in 1926. And the line is, "Trees are poems that the earth writes upon the sky. We fell them down and turned them into paper that we may record our emptiness." Mm. Yeah, I read that and I literally had you know chills, and I just thought, "Oh my gosh, this was written in 1926, and yet this is even more potent today." So I just wanted to share that at the start of the at the start of the episode, but. Yeah, fire. As you mentioned, Meg, fire seems to have been the key energy this year around the world. The Amazon rainforest was burning. The rainforest of Borneo was on fire again this year. And more recently, there's been a lot, and lot of bushfires across Australia. And it just feels like all of these natural ecosystems are burning. And it, it just seems like we've got so much habitat lost and so many rainforests are being destroyed. And it's it's, it's been really stressful. I think and a lot of people will agree, even if you don't live in any of the areas that are directly affected, or you're not working in an organization that's directly affected or is involved in halting these fires or deforestation or anything like that. It's still been a really intense year. And a lot of people have felt really affected by, I guess, this destructive energy. The good news is, as, we'll come, uh, as we will get to at the end of the episode, there are a lot of amazing things happening to turn that tide. And one of the amazing solutions actually is trees. And yeah, you might think, oh, you know, I, I don't really think about trees that often. I pass them on my way to work or I've got one in the garden. I don't really ever think about it. But trees are actually super important. They are literally the lungs of our earth they take in CO2, which is carbon dioxide, and store it, and then they release oxygen. So we, we literally, on a basic human level, we need trees to create this oxygen that we can then breathe in.
0: Yeah, basic level, trees are vital to our survival. Yeah, end of podcast, <laughs> end of episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> No, trees um, not- and forests, actually the largest store of carbon on land, they take in that carbon, they give us oxygen, but they also store the carbon and restore balance in the atmosphere. They're like a filter. Trees are like a filter for the air and for water as well. They also help to filter water.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful way to, to state it. Is trees are filters. And they really are. I mean, they're literally a natural air purifier. You know, a lot of people are now putting plants inside their houses, inside their homes to help purify the air that they're breathing in, in their home environment. Trees conserve water, They help protect soil, they provide home and, f- and food for wildlife. And they're also really important to a lot of in- indigenous communities around the world. When we're talking about trees as well, I think it's important to note that we're not just talking about forests or rainforests although we are going to be narrowing down and focusing more on rainforests in this podcast, but we're also referring to marshes, kelp forests, coral reefs, mangroves, bushland, all these different ecosystems where trees in their different forms are growing. Yeah, basically, like you said, Meg, when trees are burning, they are releasing the stored carbon into the atmosphere. And obviously, with the climate crisis, that's not something that we want. Yeah, This topic is kind of starting to become on people's radars the importance of trees because the United Nations Environment Programme has dedicated the next decade to ecosystem restoration. They've recognised just how important it is and how vital it is to restore land and marine ecosystems. And by doing so, there's the potential to remove up to 26 gigatons of greenhouse gases from from the atmosphere incredible not only that it's also going to help create jobs it's going to improve food security for vulnerable communities protect indigenous communities heritage protect wildlife like there's basically when you protect an area of forest or you replant it you're not just protecting the trees the trees are almost like an umbrella you call it an umbrella species when it comes to ecology so if you're talking about orangutans and the the importance of protecting them, it's not just the orangutans that are protected when you protect them. It's also all of the other species of plants and wildlife. And so trees are kind of the same when you talk about let's just protect a tree or protect a forest. They're like the umbrella species. It's all of the other plants and wildlife protected simply by protecting the trees.
0: Yeah. When trees are removed, it starts this chain and you begin to lose whole ecosystems. The trees are like the foundation, the foundation of these entire ecosystems. So when you get rid of the trees, you're losing so much more than just trees. And saying just trees in itself is bizarre and just crazy because like we told you, trees are essential for producing oxygen. So there's there's absolutely no good reason why we wouldn't be fighting for trees right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: The reach that trees have and and what they produce is, is massive. One quarter of medicine globally, modern medicine, derives from trees. So if we lost these tree species, we'd be losing a quarter of our modern medicine. Food, medicine, shelter, oxygen, they help to capture rainwater and reduce the risks of floods and landslides. They prevent erosion They provide livelihoods for people. There's so many things. So many things. Yeah,
1: even if you live in an urban environment in a concrete jungle, you maybe don't see that many trees. They're still really important. And they're amazing if you think about it. There's a really fascinating book that I've been reading, which is I think it's called The Secret Life of Trees. It's absolutely fascinating. And it's basically how trees are, they're actually communicating with each other and they basically connect with their root systems with each other, especially if they're the same tree species, and that they can help to keep each other alive. They can help to share resources. And that often some of these giant ancient trees, when they actually get cut down, the stumps can stay alive. That old tree that's being cut down can actually keep pumping its nutrients into the nearby trees through the root systems. And it's, oh, it's just... So amazing. So I highly recommend reading
0: that book to everyone. That's incredible. That sounds fascinating. I'm definitely going to give that book a read. Yeah, I want to read it again, actually, now I'm talking about it. I mean, a world without forests. If deforestation continues, then we've already mentioned carbon stores are going to become a source of carbon. So carbon's going to be pumped out into the atmosphere. And this is going to cause a rapid rise in the rate of climate change. And with that becomes rising sea levels, severe droughts. It would be absolutely devastating on all life on earth. And honestly, the impacts of such a loss would be so horrendous. They are very understated, regularly understated, actually. So why, why are rainforests so important specifically, mm. Morgan? So
1: I thought we'd narrow in and focus on rainforests basically because my experience has mostly been in in rainforest restoration. Uh, In terms of ecosystem restoration, it's been focused on rainforest, tropical rainforest. And rainforests are really, really important for a number of reasons. You know, they only cover 12% of the Earth's surface, but they're home to at least, they say, 80% of the world's species. Uh, That we know about. There are so many plant and animal species in rainforests that scientists have not even discovered yet. These rainforests are disappearing all over the world at a rate of around 39 football pitches a minute. So every minute, 39 football pitches of rainforest are being cleared, which is just, it's almost unfathomable to even try and picture that in your mind.
0: What is the rainforest being cleared for?
1: Most of the time it's being cleared for use either for agriculture, like cattle, for example. It's being used for planting of monoculture, uh, so just planting one um, species such as soya bean or palm oil. It's being used um, for logging, for mining, and also because of urban encroachment. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, rainforests are just so important. They uh, literally hold secrets that we're yet to unlock about a lot of the plant and animal species in there. I know that there's a lot of tree species and definitely animal species that, in my experience, we sometimes couldn't find the Latin names for because we weren't really sure if they had been assigned a Latin scientific name yet which meant they really hadn't been catalogued yet by science, which was just mind blowing. Um, But they also rainforests hold really, really, really important cultural and religious value to a lot of indigenous communities. And they rely upon these rainforests as their homes, also as sources of food and their cultural and religious beliefs are often really heavily tied up in these rainforests. So, they're really important and really special ecosystems and yeah their biggest threat is deforestation.
0: Mm. Yeah and to, to add to what you were saying about the important habitat that rainforests create, um, every week there are new species that are discovered in rainforests so there's so much still to learn and still to discover and understand about these incredible ecosystems and. Another really amazing example is that more than half of the animals that are found in New Guinea are found nowhere else in the world. They are completely endemic to that forest, to that rainforest, which is just it's amazing. It's incredible and to lose so much for what for agriculture. It's it's heartbreaking, honestly. Mm
1: yeah it it definitely is it can feel a little bit like you're trying to swim against the tide sometimes but I mean I don't know if anyone listening if you've been in a rainforest before but when you are in a rainforest and you're walking through it or you're on a boat and you're going up a river through a rainforest there's just this overwhelming feeling of you know magic almost it's it's quite a spiritual experience, and I feel the most connected spiritually when I'm in a rainforest. It's almost like it's just the earth energy there is just almost electric, and there's just such ancient wisdom in rainforests, especially with the ancient trees that are there. And some of them are, you know, we don't even know how many hundreds or thousands of years old they are. And I always just think to myself, wow, what these trees must have witnessed the information that must be stored in them and it's just such a special feeling to be in a rainforest and it's it's really 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 magical actually which is even more so i guess heartbreaking because deforestation is so rampant um and the effects of deforestation were publicly highlighted this year specifically when the Amazon rainforest was burning, specifically uh, the Brazil side of it. And there was this global outcry when it happened. And I, rem- I remember seeing on Instagram and Facebook people that I'd never really noticed had been very vocally um, environmental were posting how outraged they were, how upset they were, um, all these people were saying they donated money to these different organisations. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, this is really quite amazing. Like there's so many people are so upset about this. And, you know, for good reason, it's the largest rainforest ecosystem on earth. And there was so much coverage about it. And just, I don't know if you noticed this, mate, but so many people seem to be really, really,
0: really upset about it. Yeah, it was it was huge and like you said the same that that i noticed was that people who don't really tend to talk much about environmental issues were passionate about this and you know you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that rainforests are often called the lungs of the planet and that was one of the big headlines that i saw frequently during this time when the amazon fires were in the media that the lungs of the planet were burning and it really really caught everybody's attention and i did some a little bit of research into the amazon fires just because i wanted to know a little bit more about what was happening and it was really interesting actually because in the amazon rainforest their deforestation rates were at historical lows from around 2006 2007 to 2012 so they put in specific effort to reduce deforestation and they were doing it successfully Um, and in this time when deforestation rates were at historic lows their soy and beef production continued to grow and continued to increase and that was because more efficient techniques were being used so without destroying the rainforest they were still producing the crop and the Agriculture that they had wanted to produce, which just shows that um, there are efficient ways of producing what we need to produce or want to produce while actually conserving these incredible ecosystems. And unfortunately, it was actually political pressure that resulted in the weakening of policies and the weakening of the protection of the Amazon rainforest and budget cuts and those kind of things that meant the deforestation in the Amazon increased significantly this year. And in August of this year, when all of those news articles were going around social media and everybody was aware of the fires, there were actually 30,000 fires burning in August 2019, which is three times more than 2018. And that just shows you, I think, how powerful it is to conserve the forests because they had done it in the last decade when they put all of that effort in and the political uh, legislation stuff was all behind protecting the rainforest. They'd managed to make really amazing progress and they'd managed to still produce the products that they were wanting to produce. And yet when deforestation rises then it comes hand in hand with these huge fires, which then causes so much more loss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's that short-term, short-term gain and profit being put before the environment. And that is not a sustainable model. Mm. Let's look at the other side of things and look at what's being done to help prevent deforestation and help us stop to deforestation so you've had experiences in a reforestation project so do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience and and what it meant and what what it was yeah sure so I have had the
1: immense privilege to be involved for the last few years in a reforestation project uh in Borneo and It basically came about and into being because of these horrific fires in 2015 that raged across the island of Borneo and Sumatra. They're the only two islands in the world where the orangutan is found, as well as many other species. And those fires were so, so, so terrible And so much rainforest was lost and so many animals were injured and killed and a lot of people became really ill as well. And then due to that, our reforestation project was born. And what was actually really fascinating to watch this year was that while the Amazon was burning, the island of Borneo, the rainforest there began to burn again this year as well. And I personally predicted this year would be a really bad fire year. Uh, I know a lot of other people had as well. And there hasn't been bad fires on the island since 2015. And this year there was again. It felt like the whole world cared so much about the fires in the Amazon. But no one seemed to care at all about the fires in Borneo. And the destruction of the ecosystem there. And that rainforest is just as important as the Amazon rainforest. It might be a lot smaller, but it's just as important. A large amount of the rainforest there in Borneo is actually peat swamp rainforest. And peat swamps literally store 10 times more carbon than any other ecosystem on Earth. So, if we're trying to halt the climate crisis, you would think naturally that we would want to be protecting ecosystems that have are holding huge stores of carbon, because it's better for it to, yeah. to stay in the ground than to be released into the atmosphere. And I guess a really good way of showing just how important these rainforests are, as I did some research before the episode and the fires in the Amazon released 366 million tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere this year, yet the fires Mm. in Borneo released 708 million.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Jeez. So Mm. it's huge. It felt really, really... I found it really hard to watch what was happening this year because I wasn't there. The good news is that there are so many projects out there and so many amazing people working to conserve ecosystems, uh, specifically rainforests, and to also restore them and bring them back when they've been destroyed, uh, commonly through fire or they've been cleared for agriculture or for planting crops like palm oil, for example. And yeah, so there's, there's definitely a lot of a lot of really positive work being done. I was really, really fortunate to be involved in a project that is doing just that. I really didn't know much at all about trees, and this is how my love for trees began. And The more I learned about ecosystems and rainforests and how they work and how just amazing trees are, the more I fell in love with them. And, you know, rainforests are these really interwoven ecosystems I just feel so privileged and grateful to have been able to be involved in the small little way that I can be, making the small little changes that I can make uh, to protecting and restoring a rainforest. And I was actually, Meg, before we began today, I was looking up this concept of trees as natural climate solutions. I'd seen the video that had been posted on um Greta Thunberg's page on Instagram and she published a video a few weeks ago you know basically saying trees are natural climate solutions you know we need to plant more trees and I was researching about it basically the concept and it's not a new concept it's not one that's recently been devised but I basically came across a study where the whole earth was looked at all of the land mass on earth, and after removing all the urban areas, all of the cities and towns, and all of the agricultural land where crops are grown. So after removing all of that, 11% of the land on earth, which is the combined size of if you put China and the US together, 11% of our land on this earth can actually be reforested or restored back to the ecosystem it used to be. So that's wow. 1.7 billion hectares of land that we're able to restore. Incredible.
0: Yeah. Like Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let's do it. And,
1: and there are amazing organizations and people that are, you know, doing just that. And it's one of those things that, because there's still politicians and there's still people that are very high up in, governments or you know these huge multinational organizations who are climate deniers um but this isn't even doesn't even need to come into being an argument about climate change it literally is like you know we need trees so that we can breathe oxygen let's just restore these areas um and yeah imagine if we did imagine if the whole world came together and we planted the 1.2 trillion trees (laughs) of, you know, the native species in each area.
0: Imagine the difference that would make. Huge. It's just the perfect way of dealing with the climate crisis. But you mentioned something interesting there. You said we need to make sure the trees that are being planted are native species. And that's a really big point that needs to be, discussed a little bit because you know there's obviously a lot of different species of plants and some are invasive um, and not native to areas and it's really important to plant trees that are native to the areas that you're planting them in and um, are going to help that ecosystem so it can't just be any old seeds and hope for the best.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Actually, my old housemate in Cape Town is an ecologist and we had a big discussion about that one day and he was saying basically that, he was saying it's really important that, you know, for organizations or individuals that are really fired up and passionate about restoring ecosystems is that you actually are planting trees where trees are meant to be because there's definitely land that didn't have trees originally and isn't meant to have trees on it and so it's yeah it's making sure that you're actually restoring ecosystems where they originally were (laughs) you're not forcing one to be established and that native trees are being used you know if you don't live in australia please don't plant eucalyptus (laughs) anywhere (laughs) because it's invasive um, to everywhere but australia and yeah Oh, also, so have you heard of seed balls, Meg? Very vaguely. So these have been around since ancient times, but they kind of regained popularity recently um, and they came to the forefront of a lot of people's attention about two years ago or a year ago now when a video went viral about seed bombs seed bombs seed balls same kind of thing and basically yeah there's a big movement to reforest and regreen Kenya and one of the ways that they're doing that which has been really effective for the ecosystem there is by getting some clay uh, mixing it together with seeds so seeds of native trees uh then you Uh, put charcoal dust around it which is basically just a way of protecting the seeds from being eaten by animals or birds or insects and to make sure that they actually sprout up into a tree and then you basically get these balls and you throw them or catapult them or launch them however you can uh, all across areas that they are restoring and this can actually be like a really fun and a much quicker and easier method than digging holes and planting trees. And, and the video that went viral was showing people up in these light aircrafts that were literally throwing them out of plane windows and um, all that kind of thing. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't work everywhere. It totally depends on the type of soil when you're working with a swamp or dry ground and, and all the rest of it. But uh, that's definitely a really cool way of <laughs> reforesting restoring an ecosystem and yeah it always makes me laugh a little bit when I when I read about it (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) so yeah that's a really cool way of doing things but um I also wanted to highlight actually because I feel like we've definitely shared the facts and obviously it has been a little bit doom and gloom because it's the factual reality of, of what's happening at the moment with Deforestation and trees and rainforests and all the rest. But I wanted to share a, I guess, a feel good story. And it's about a village called Sungai Utik. uh, And it's in Kalimantan Barat, which is West Kalimantan or West Borneo on the Indonesian side of the island. And I visited this community, I've stayed in their longhouse. Uh, they live traditionally in a long house still, most of the community, which is basically one really, really, really long house, literally long house. It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and um, there's little almost apartments that run the whole way along it that each individual family lives in and then big communal spaces and big verand- uh, outdoor verandas. And it's just an incredible community. Of Iban Dyax and I feel so privileged to be able to go there and I think we stayed three or four nights with them a friend of mine who'd actually lived with them for a few months I went with her and apart from the fact that they were just such a beautiful welcoming community they were so fascinating because when you fly over the island of Borneo and I haven't flown over Sumatra but I've heard the same thing when you look out of the plane window, you'll, you'll see mostly greenery, which you think, ah, oh, that's amazing. But what you're actually looking at, for the most part, is palm oil. And yeah. it's just rows and rows as far as the eye can see of palm oil. Now, when we journeyed all the way up to the village of Sungai Utik, which was a little bit tricky to get to, uh, we had to fly from Pontianak, which is actually the only, they say, the only city is a very loose term, but only mini city that's actually on the equator. Um, we flew from Pontianak into this tiny, tiny little airport in West Kalimantan. And I remember looking out the window and just being completely shocked because I wasn't staring at palm oil below, I was staring at rainforest. And amazing. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. And I hadn't really experienced that before. And we then journeyed for a few hours uh, up into the mountains to Sungayutik. And they have the village there has around 6,000 hectares of old growth rainforest. And their longhouse is, is in it. And they have this amazing river that winds around past the longhouse. And it's crystal clear. You can literally drink from it. Um, everyone bathes in it every night and it's just amazing and you're surrounded by this rainforest and everything's pure and yeah, very much in its natural state still in that part of in that region. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is amazing. And basically what has happened is over the years, logging companies, mining companies, palm oil companies, like anything you can imagine has turned up there and has attempted to purchase the village rainforest of 6,000 hectares roughly. And the head of the village just kept saying, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no. And allegedly some of these companies have tried their hardest to bypass any formalities and have literally turned up with... um, like logging machines and you know bulldozers and all that and they've literally stood in front of them and been like you're gonna have to run us over to get to the rainforest we're not letting you do it and they've managed to fight all of these off and i mean they would have been the amount of money they would have been offered is just phenomenal and they've kept their rainforest and they basically the head of the village has basically said you know it's our supermarket you know we sustainably Mm. gather our our food from there. We sustainably have our crops in the rainforest and they move them around every season and we sustainably cut, you know, source timber from there. And it's it's our supermarket. It's everything to us. And they actually just won last month uh, the United Nations Development Programs Equator Prize for their conservation efforts. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight them because it's such an amazing story of a community that has had leadership that recognized the importance of conserving the forest and um, they haven't allowed themselves to be corrupted or be forced into giving that up yeah and that, that community now still has is surrounded by the most beautiful rainforest and still has their water source there that they bathe in and collect water from that is crystal clear and not polluted,
0: and it's, it's just phenomenal. So That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. I wish we had more stories stories like that. There's so many people who are doing these incredible things, and that's just so inspiring to hear, and to hear that they've stood their ground and said, no, this is our home and we want to protect it. That's absolutely incredible. Wow.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I feel so fortunate to have been able to go up there and spend some time with them and for a very short amount of time and to be so welcomed. And they're just, they're a very fascinating community in a lot of ways. But one of the ways that stood out to me was their fierce protection of the environment. And um, yeah, just very, very inspirational. Actually, do you want to hear of another very inspirational person? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people listening might have heard of him already. And Interestingly, a friend of mine actually knows him. But there's a man in India named Jadav Payin, and hopefully I pronounced that correctly, or you might have heard of him uh, under the mo- moniker of the forest man of India. And basically he has single-handedly restored an ecosystem and Basically, when he was 16 years old, he um, saw that there was this area of land that had been degraded, and he started planting a tree a day. And in the ensuing decades, basically, this rainforest came back to life, and it's now homes to tigers and all sorts of amazing animals. And it's the Malai Forest uh, is what it's now named, and. I mean, that is literally a story of one person who took really small little actions to make the small change that they can make in the world just by planting a tree. And now there's literally a forest because this man started planting trees.
0: It's absolutely incredible. And that just shows, wow, the power of one person, the actions of one person He's created a whole ecosystem. And when you create that, then the wildlife comes back and it does create the whole ecosystem. That's just, I'd read about him before, and I think he might even have rhinos that visit that forest now. Ooh. I'm pretty sure that there's also rhinos that live in that forest now. It just goes to show when you help to create that natural area, wildlife are going to come. And it's so inspiring. It just really shows. How we can help it's so inspirational should we look at some ways we can all help with this issue um the environment and specifically forests and trees absolutely because obviously a big one yeah obviously a big one is supporting these reforestation projects because they are actively restoring these damaged ecosystems so that's a huge huge way that you can help to to restore the environment is by supporting these organizations and that can be through volunteering or through financially supporting them and even just raising awareness if you're not in a position to give your time or give uh, money then just talk about it and share share the work that they're doing you know share their social media posts just start that conversation with people because you'll be starting the conversation with people who maybe can help in other ways so yeah support these incredible organizations who are protecting uh, rainforests and forests and restoring these areas and working so hard to to keep those ecosystems alive yes
1: uh, there's also the really simple way of making a change and the good news is that we all can we all can do something. Um, to save trees replant trees protect trees help turn the tide against the climate crisis and we literally can just plant trees and every single person has the ability to do that and obviously we mentioned before you know if you are planting trees making sure they're native um, they're not an invasive species or anything like that but you can literally plant trees in your garden Um, if you don't have a garden, you can plant, you know, get some plants and have some pot plants on your balcony or in your courtyard. And I I mean, honestly, I think if you don't have a garden and you're not able to plant trees that way, I think just reconnecting to nature, even if it is having a little tiny little bit of basil on your kitchen windowsill, like that is, I think even just starting from there having a plant in your home is going to help purify the air and it's also going to get you feeling a lot more connected to our natural environment just by having even just, you know, some herbs in your kitchen that you're growing to, you know, put on your food. Um, But if you do really feel passionate about planting trees, um, the good thing is there's there's so many organizations and again, they're not always international. A lot of the times there's local initiatives Uh, in terms of tree planting and restoring ecosystems. And there's a lot of local organizations that I'm sure are looking for volunteers or people to help out. In Australia, we have a National Tree Planting Day every year that I know um, at school we would go and plant trees (laughs) during the Tree Planting Day. And then
0: it's actually currently National Tree Week in the UK. It is. People all across the UK are planting trees this week, which I think makes it even more amazing that this podcast is going out this week as well and that we're focusing on trees. And obviously the focus of National Tree Week is to plant trees for the future and lay down the, the roots for the future. You know, it's an initiative to help tackle climate change and protect wildlife habitats. And it's all the things we've really been been talking about. So if you're in the UK and you want to get involved planting trees or uh, you want to see if there's any events in your area from National Tree Week, then, then check them out and be sure to get involved because it's a really nice initiative to, to get people talking about trees and to get people actively involved and planting trees too. Yeah. So happy National Tree Week. Happy National Tree Week. There's also – now this is slightly controversial
1: – But there's a concept called guerrilla gardening. Oh, that sounds controversial. (laughs) So I I don't know if it's illegal technically, but basically, and you can um, have a look online and Google it more if it's something that resonates with you. But guerrilla gardening, uh, actually, I think it, oh, I don't want to say it started in the UK, but the book I read was from someone in the UK. And it's all around the world. And basically, it's people that are greening up spaces or planting trees, or just bringing some natural life back to areas that have been neglected. And these are specifically normally in cities or towns. And so, you know, maybe there's a garden bed that the council hasn't, the local council hasn't really been looking after, and guerrilla gardeners will go in there sometimes during the day and sometimes at night under the cover of darkness, and maybe tidy up, pull the weeds out, or they'll actually plant some plants. The seed balls have been used on like vacant lots, for example, with volunteers um, making up seed balls and then going over and just throwing them around and letting the seeds take root and grow into beautiful trees and plants. And yeah, it's it's actually a really, really awesome initiative. And again, I'm I don't know if it's illegal or the legality surrounding gorilla gardening specifically. I know it's definitely frowned upon in some areas, but it's, it's just phenomenal and there's vacant lots all over the world actually that have been taken over um, by the local community and been turned into community gardens and things like that. So if you are really, really keen on, I guess, planting more trees or plants in general and you're in more of an urban environment, then maybe look into guerrilla gardening.
0: Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard of that before.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really personally. Uh, I've been really fortunate where I'm living now in Cairns in far north tropical Australia. Uh, We are just surrounded by greenery here and the council does the most amazing job of having plants everywhere basically. So I haven't really felt called to do it, but I'm sure there's many places where a little bit of greenery would not go astray.
0: Mm. Yeah, and definitely in those kind of like neglected areas that could be turned into beautiful green areas. And another, actually, the, the one other way that I think
1: um, everyone can affect and change, which I guess is on the other end of the spectrum to guerrilla gardening <laughs> in a way, is to get your business or your organisation, uh, especially if it's a larger one, uh, or if you're the owner of a business, then this is also an idea for you, and to basically see if you've got the capacity to partner with a organization that is replanting ecosystems or restoring them and supporting them by basically saying, okay, to your customers, you know, every sale that we make, we will donate $1 or we will plant one tree. And that's an amazing way for...
0: That's a fantastic
1: Yeah, and it's such an amazing way for the corporate world to kind of get involved and you know, it's it's probably tax deductible and you know all of that and it obviously makes the business look really great because they can then be like, look at us, we're helping to replant the rainforest. Uh but it's such a cool way to partner with a lot of these not-for-profits that are doing amazing work and money and funding is always the one thing that tends to be lacking. And this is just such a cool way if you work for an organization and you're like, hey, actually maybe this will resonate with my boss why not why not pitch it to them and see if they go for it and then you know you'll be able to help to have more trees planted
0: (laughs) yeah that's an absolutely amazing way for businesses and corporations to get actively involved i love the idea that's a brilliant way for people to to be involved in these projects and help support them and fund them and keep them going so we've We've definitely given you a range of ideas, (laughs) but hopefully you can see that there are things that we can do to help forests and trees around the world. And it can be as simple as planting trees in your own garden or getting businesses involved um, with pairing up with organizations. There's so much that we can do. And we had some really beautiful examples of ways. Individuals and small communities have made a massive impact on the environment. So, hopefully, this has given you a little bit of hope. And it's not all doom and gloom. There are some really incredible stories and incredible people and things that you can be involved in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, from the very beginning, this podcast was created in part because we wanted to share the positive aspects of environmental conservation and we wanted to you know show that there is hope and share the positive stories and um, share ways that everyone can you know see change uh, in their lives from the way they navigate the world every day and so yeah we really hope that this episode's been both informative I know we did throw a lot of numbers at you and facts but we also hope it's been a little bit inspirational as well, and has lit some fires of passion in people.
0: Yeah. And something I just want to add to that, because it's one thing that really carries me with what I do and my work, is the fact that we protect what we love and we love what we know. And part of this podcast is really just bringing some new information and bringing things that you maybe don't know too much about and hoping that as you get to know more about the environment and about nature you'll help protect it so hopefully it does help to to generate that love for the environment and that love for trees because they are such an incredible part of the world and we are so so dependent on them and I just want to add living in a more environmentally conscious way has a huge reach and makes a big difference so just want to remind you of that before we close Absolutely.
1: And that beautifully flows into announcing the theme of our next podcast episode, which will come out in two weeks time. And we wanted to discuss and share some ways that you can celebrate Christmas and the festive season in a really environmentally conscious way. And there's this really big drive for it to be consumerism based and there's so much waste that happens around Christmas and we wanted to share a way of celebrating Christmas or if you don't celebrate Christmas that holiday festive season a way to do so that's also really earth conscious.
0: Yeah I'm really looking forward to recording that podcast because it's a big thing that my family are really trying to work towards and strive for to have a more environmentally friendly festive season and just be more aware of the things that we are buying, the things that we are using. And it's going to be a very interesting topic and hopefully it will help everybody to be just a little bit more aware. Yes,
1: absolutely. So please tune in. Uh, That will go out in about two weeks' time uh, after this one, after this episode goes out. And as always, if you've liked this episode, and you're enjoying this podcast, please feel free to share it with anyone you think it might resonate with. Um, We'd love if you wanted to reach out to us and just send us your thoughts and let us know what you think and if any of these episodes have made you think a different way or take action or anything, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, we would like to remind you that you are planting the seeds of change every day just by being who you are in the world.